0: And I understand there is speculation about what point I would begin to cry. So, <laughs> too late on that, you know. Uh, and I, and I want to say something else. Some of you all, uh, and we praise God for everybody that's here, and some of you are newer to me than, than others uh, that I know, but uh, hopefully, Lord willing, there'll be a time where I can relate to you my story. And... Uh, well, I already go cry. But, uh, you know, what the Lord's done in my life. But, but today is about the graduates. And I, I kind of wanted to, uh, to keep it that way. So I'm going to try not to interject anything uh, personal, uh, you know, from my life, nor will I try and cry. Uh, so hopefully those two things will happen. But, um, you know, congratulations. Uh, to the graduates, as you move on Uh, in in your life. You've been getting a lot of advice, and guess what? You're going to get a little bit more uh, this morning. But it's not going to be from me. It's actually going to come from Joshua. We're going to be in uh, uh, Judges uh, chapter 2. And uh, I pray for our pastor and his his wife while they're gone, that they'll get a time of much-needed refreshing uh, during this time that they're, they're away. But our pastor has all the answers. And I'm going to have all the questions this morning, okay? And my first question to you is, do you know what generation you're from? Do you, each generation has a name. Now, now I tried to find out. I do not know how the names come about. But do we have that the first slide up there? Do you know what generation you're from? If you're from born in 1925 to 45, you're the silent generation. If you're from 1946 or born into 64, you're baby boomers, and there's probably a... And unfortunately, the sad thing, I never thought I was a baby boomer until I looked this up. And guess what? I'm a, I'm a barely, but I'm a baby boomer. And then we have Generation X, and, and then another popular one is the millennials. And, and then the next generation will be the Generation Z, uh, 2000 to present. And, and just so we can get a reference for like what I'm talking about and what Joshua was talking about in, uh, as far as generations go, uh, the first one there, uh, the silent generation, that, that would be my parents, like for me. Uh, then it would be uh, baby boomers, uh, that would be me. Uh, then my children are generation uh, Y, is that right? I think that's right, Kristen, right? Yep, and, uh, and then, then it'll be, generation Z would be my grandkids. So that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. And whenever I was thinking about the, the generations, I, I've always heard in church that we're one generation away from not knowing the gospel. Have you heard that before? That, that we're one generation away. And I, and I began to think about that. And I think at this point, I'm probably supposed to say something like you can open your church app and sort of, sort of kind of most of it's there. But, but we're one generation away from, from that generation not hearing the gospel. And I thought, how can that be? There's no way. But the Israelite children are an example uh, of that happening. And that's what, what I began to, to look at. Uh, it actually looked at this some time ago. And in Judges chapter 2, verse 7 to 14, you know, that we're one generation away. But my challenge to you is, what are we going to do so the next generation knows the gospel? What are we going to be doing so that the next generation knows what Jesus has done for us in, in, our, in our life? So, looking at verse 7, and I'm probably going to stop here, not to cry, but uh, try to tell you something. So it says, So the people served uh, the Lord all the days of Joshua, in all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. And I'm going to stop for just a minute in verse 7. Because of that, it says, So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. You know, sometimes in your life, there's a, there's a family member that you look to that's the patriarch, you know, that, that holds the flame, that, that holds the fire, that keeps you spiritually on track. Um, and I hope we don't make a copy of this for my parents, but I think Judy said we were going to. But what came to my mind was my grandmother, my dad's mom, and uh, And whenever we would uh, have family reunions, we always did this around Thanksgiving. And while Grandma was there, there wasn't no foolishness going on. Uh, There wasn't no drinking. uh, There wasn't no cussing. uh, There wasn't anything like that going on. But once Grandmother passed, that respect was gone. You know, and here they came. You know, everybody was wanting to do their own thing. You know, this is my time is what they were saying. And to me, that's what the children of Israel were doing at this time. And then it goes on to say in verse 8, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. And they buried him within the border of his inheritance at timnath Heres in the mountains of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gash. And I'll stop for just a second because Joshua was Moses' right-hand man. He was there with him uh, through a lot of stuff. He was a, he was a mighty warrior. Joshua was one of those 12 that went out and, and, and spied uh, the promised land. And he came back and said, yes, we can take it. Uh, and the other said that they can't. So Joshua uh, has been a man of, uh, there with Moses, and he was passed on uh, the leadership from Moses. And it said in verse 10, and this is an important verse, when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them. What who knew not the Lord, nor the work which he had done uh, for Israel. And whenever I, I looked at that word, knew not, it means to learn by experience or, or to have a relationship with, you know, to be involved in, in, in things of the Lord, active in different things. And I thought, you know, what, what does that mean during our time, if that, that was to happen today? And the way I, I, in my mind, pictured it, everybody quit coming to church, Nobody taught Awanas. Nobody taught Sunday school. Nobody helped with the kids. That's what would happen if we let the gospel die during this time. And that's what was a reminder to me of what took place during this time. And, you know, nobody was teaching at home. Nobody cared, you know, about the gospel. And then it said they also knew, knew not the work, you know, that God had done. And that kind of spoke to my heart and said nobody was giving a testimony Nobody was given a witness. Nobody was sharing one-on-one what the Lord had done in their life, you know, that I was going through a rough time, and here's what the Spirit of the Lord ministered to me and, and helped me through. And this is what was all happening, uh, you know, at, at this time. And as a result of them not having the Lord in their life, this is what began to happen in verse 11. It said, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served the Baals. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and they followed other gods among the gods of the people who were all around them, and they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. Verse thirteen, they forsook the Lord. That's not for me, I don't think. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Asherah. And verse fourteen, and the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. So he delivered them into the hands of plunders who despoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies all around so they could no longer stand before their enemies. This is what began to happen uh, because they didn't have the Lord in their life. They weren't following the Lord. And the first thing I noticed was back in verse 11 where it said uh, they did evil. And this has to do with their thoughts, their deeds, and their actions, what they were up to. And the other thing that I noticed in this verse, it said, in the sight of the Lord. And it said, did evil in the sight of the Lord. You know what that means? It means nothing is hidden from God. No matter what you think you're up to in private or away from church on Sunday between 11 to 11.15, 11. nothing is hidden from God. That's what that word means. In a verse, the second thing that I noticed in these scriptures, it said that they served Verse 11. No, is that verse 11? Nope. Yeah, it is. And they served the males. And if you'll notice, this is the same word that's used back in verse 7. The same way that the people of Joshua's time were serving God in that same manner, they were serving these foreign gods, uh, these false gods. You know, the prior generation, they had had peace, you know, but this current generation, they were going in another direction. And they're about to to get into uh, some massive trouble and destruction. And what this word means, served, it means to work for, to make oneself a servant or to make, or, or be a worshiper. That's what they did. They went and attached themselves to these other people, which Joshua had warned them not to do. And so they did it. And, and this is what became of that, you know, that they became a lost generation, a, a generation that lost the gospel. They didn't know uh, what all the Lord had done. Next thing I noticed in this was verse 12, and it says, they forsook uh, the Lord God. And what that word forsook means, it means to leave, uh, depart from, abandon. And this last one really pierced my heart. It's, it means neglect. They neglected, you know, the Lord, what he had done. It broke my heart uh, whenever I read that. And I wondered, you know, myself in my life, you know, am I neglecting, you know, God's work? what he's called me to do. Are you neglecting what God has called you to do this morning? And it said also in verse 12, it said that they followed, that they followed after and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who brought them out of Egypt and they followed other gods from among the gods of the people. And this means that their manner of life, you know, that they were led away, that they were led away by the influence of other people. One thing I've always heard in my lifetime is that be careful of the company that you keep. And I have to tell you, from, from personal experience, if your friends aren't encouraging you in your walk with the Lord, they're probably dragging you away from that. And that's just from, just from that's a little bit of free advice, uh, you know, this morning. One other one that's in the... In the in the sermon illustration or whatever it is, is over in Judges uh, 3-7. If you can go over one chapter with me. And it said, once again, so the children of Israel dealt evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and Asherahs. And that word forgot, it means to ignore and to cease to care. man. You know, these are some strong words whenever you, you look at it uh, and, and think, uh, think about that. You know, if, if we find ourselves drifting away, if we find ourselves where we cease to care if we get up and come on to church or come on Wednesday or whenever we come or, or bow down before the Lord in prayer, don't we need to kind of reevaluate, evaluate what's going on, you know, in our life uh, day in and day out? You know, are we ceasing to care? you know, about God's direction. And and here comes to some good news. I've had some uh, bummer of some news, but the good news we kind of got to go back for. If we could go back a couple chapters, and I've got, even though I'm a baby boomer, I got the technology working. I hope you all notice that. <laughs> you know, following with it. But kind of... Here's my advice, or here's my direction that I want to give you. How can we be sure the next generation knows the Lord? And I think it was given to us by Joshua uh, in these scriptures right here. In Joshua 23, 1 through 11, it says, Now it came to pass, a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua was old, Amen, aged, advanced in age, And Joshua called for Israel, for their elders, for their heads, for their leaders, for their judges, and their officers, and said to them, I am old, advanced in age. You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord God is he who has fought for you. If you are struggling right now, he's going to repeat that a couple times. Let me say that again. You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. Verse 4. See, I have divided to you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from the Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off as far as the great sea westward. And the Lord your God will expel them uh, from before you and drive them out of your sight. So you shall possess the land as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, here, here's where it gets good. Be very courageous to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right or to the left, unless you go among these nations. These who remain among you, you shall not mention of the names of their gods, nor cause them to swear by them. And remember, this is everything that Joshua told them not to do. We already read what they already started to do it. He said, and you shall not swear, uh, not serve them nor bow down to them. Verse 8, but you shall hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations. But as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. Verse 10, great verse. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he promised you. Therefore, take heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. Amen to those. I tell you, one thing, going back real quick, in verse 6, one thing that, that Joshua told us was to be very courageous. And that word means to be exceedingly strong. It, and it means to, to be bold. Uh, you know, in today's times as well, I have to tell you that most of the time I'm not bold. I'm not at all uh, bold. It's not my nature uh, to be. But one thing as I was thinking about this, I can be courageous. If somebody asks me about why, why my hair cut looks like it is, I'm quick to tell them, you know, why it is. You know, that the Lord God has been with me, you know, all the way. And, and whenever they ask me why I don't do this or I don't do that, it gives me an opportunity to share with them why I don't because all that Christ has, has done for me. The second thing that I noticed in this was that he told them not to serve other gods, you know, in verse seven. You know, and whatever that might be to you, you know, be careful, graduates, that it's not your career, that you don't put that before you put God first. You know, as we talked about in, in uh, you know, in our Life in the Word uh, lesson today, you know, a God can be something different to you than it is to me. Whatever you want to make it, you know it can become. I've seen that in people's life over and over, you know, through that. But don't go after and serve other gods. Verse 8, he told us to hold fast to the Lord. I love what it says in the King James. It uses the word cleave. The cleave. And to me, that's to hold on tight, you know, to it. I love that word. And men at the men's breakfast, this will kind of ring to you. That word hold fast, it means to, and think about it in this terms as in relationship to your relationship to the Lord, to Christ. It means to stay close, means to keep close, means to follow close. And this last one was great. It means to pursue close. Right, Kenneth? You know, it means to pursue. We have to be pursuing in our relationship you know, with the Lord. The, this last one that I'll tell you, in verse 11, if you'll, it says, therefore, take heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. And that, this is a Hebrew word which is called Ahab. And it means to have love for one another, but it also means God's love for you. And whenever I thought about that, you know, think about God's love for you. What did he give for you? He gave it all. It's a sacrificial type of love. Is that the type of love, uh, you know, that you have for God? And that word, your, in there, to me, what, in the Scripture, makes it personal. It's a very personal thing for us to follow after the Lord, to choose each and every day whom we will serve. And for me, as, for, as Joshua said, as for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so, last couple questions for you. You know, what are you and I going to do so the next generation knows the Lord and what He's done in our life? And I thought when you think about it in terms of generational, it, it applies to everybody. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. There's always a generation that's coming after you, that's following after you. And the last thing, and I'll be done, you know, Whether you're a graduate, whether you're a youth, whether you're a church member, or your first time here, the gospel's in your hands. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to let it die, or are you going to pass it on to the next generation? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you, dear God, for this day. Father, we just thank you for your love for us that you have. Father, which is a sacrificing type of love, which you gave your son to die for each one of us. Father, I pray for the graduates, Father, that they would pursue after you and keep you close, Father, each and every day uh, of their lives as they walk with you. Father, you've been faithful to me to stand with me through it all. God, we just uh, love and praise you for it. I pray, Father, this morning, God, if there's a need, Father, if there's a, a worry, For the next generation, Father, I pray that your your people will be more than open to come and lift them up. Father, if there's a concern in their own life, Father, that they're not following you as close as they should. Father, I I just pray that you would draw them this morning. Father, we just pray that you would have your will and your way in this invitation. Father, we know that these, these altars are always open to come and fellowship with you. God, to thank you and to praise you, Father, for what you've done for us. God, to seek forgiveness, Father, and seek direction. Father, we just pray now that you would have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.